Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Matt Dotre. I'm the government reporter for the AJ. Uh, here for a kind of new thing. Uh, I sit down and meet with local candidates for stories, and I figured, well, I'll start taping them and uploading them online. So I don't have a name for this podcast series. Uh, maybe I will at some point, but I'll be uploading interviews every once in a while. Uh, my goal is on Fridays uh, with people running in the Democrat and Republican March primaries. Uh, we're, we're starting with the race for county commissioner in Precinct 2. Uh, Mark Heinrich is a three-term commissioner running for his fourth term. Um, he's being challenged by Jason Corley in the Republican primary. I'll be speaking with Jason later, but first I'm here with Mark. Mark, thanks for joining me. Matt, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, you're kind of, you're the guinea pig. This is the first one, so we'll, we'll okay. hold our microphones, which is kind of odd, but we'll, yes. we'll, we'll see how this goes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So um, you're no stranger to cam- the campaign trail. Anything different this year? Anything that's catching you for a loop? Yeah, uh, well, I've been walking blocks a lot lately. Weekends got a lot of help on weekends, and then uh, the nights uh, I'm walking by myself. But yeah, wearing out a pair of shoes, hitting the trail on the old grassroots campaign, walking blocks, and yeah. and shaking hands. Yeah. Is it hard to make time? I know you're at the courthouse for quite a bit of the day. I would yeah, imagine. and that's why you know weekends we get a lot covered, and then after work, uh, it you know daylight gets me, but I can get a couple hours in after work each evening. Are you hearing anything new from constituents or from the voters that you, you weren't really expecting going in? Or You know, taxes has always been a big thing as far as trying to keep the tax rate low. And that's something that maybe we'll get into in our conversation is that, you know, we have to set a tax rate to the Lubbock County. Uh, the tax rate was flat the last two years. We lowered taxes to the effective in 2014, 2015. And I feel and the court feels that that it's the taxpayer's money. We have to balance each and every year. And by setting the tax rate, uh, those years we lowered it, we gave back to the tune of about a million dollars to the Lubbock County taxpayers. So it is it is a difficult full-time job that we have to make hard decisions each and every day uh, through the year. Uh, the budget is a long process. We're in the interim now working on some interim projects for road construction. That is, as Lubbock County continues to grow, uh, that gives us transportation issues. Uh, maybe we'll get into the Loop 88 uh, project that we've been working with the City of Lubbock and TxDOT for the last seven years on a feasibility study. It uh, turns out that the need is there for just a half loop from Slayton to Shallow Water. So we're, on, we're in phase one of segment three of providing our $7.25 million for right-of-way for that segment from Avenue U to Memphis Avenue. Uh, I, we did something different at the county level as far as not going through the state infrastructure bank. Uh, we felt that we could budget that money in each and every year for five years without borrowing at 3.5% from the state infrastructure bank. That is always an option, but we feel confident by looking at a five-year plan and managing the, the taxpayers' money wisely that we can pay that $1.5 million each and every year for the next five years rather than going through the state infrastructure bank, borrowing it at 3.5%, and then you know, they only give you a three-year window for that dollar amount. Yeah. So transportation and public safety are are two of our biggest needs in Lubbock County as we continue to grow. And to talk about, th- those are big projects you mentioned, Loop 88, uh, Woodrow Road. I mean, I mean, talk about the difficulties the county has with those big projects, because I know you all are very much against <laughs> debt. We are against debt, but but not necessarily. Debt is not a bad thing for transportation if the voters want to approve it. 
Our only debt is the Lubbock County Detention Center that the voters approved in 2002 by 70-something percent. That is all the debt we have. We've got it down now to 3.7 cents on the tax roll, about $37 million, and that debt will roll off in 2026. We refinanced that debt two years ago because when the, the bond ratings back then for that was about 4.5% on the, the $95 million jail. Okay. Uh, we refinanced that for 1.31%, which was a smart move by Lubbock County to save $3.5 million in interest over the interim of the remainder of the, of the bond. That 3.5 can go toward the back end to pay it off in a, it, you know, you pay more principal than you do interest. So we, we look each and every day to try to find ways to save the taxpayer dollars, like we do in our own home. Nobody wants to pay more for anything. So you have to look at ways for that. So that is our only debt at Lubbock County, low debt. And you can look around the state at, at what the debt is of other counties and in our cities but i'm not comparing to cities they have their own issues yeah. and their own guidelines that they go by we are set by statute from the state of texas by legislation local government code there is a lot of codes in the local government code that we must do not shall do so uh but, yeah, but do you feel like the county is doing enough with road projects? Because that's the number one thing I hear. I'm sure that's the number one thing you hear is that these dirt and caliche roads, it's hard. It is hard to maintain them. And every year it's kind of a new when a rain event comes, they get washed out and it just starts anew. And it's just kind of this never ending cycle. I mean, how do you is that fixable? It, it is fixable. The problem is the appropriation of money. We try to live within our own means of the $10 road and bridge fee that you pay once a year in your vehicle. You don't necessarily have to live in that. You can go into the general fund to help pay, but appropriation of money to help fix these roads is not what it used to be. It's, it costs more now for manpower, for caliche, for a seal coat program, for hot mix. Anything to pave a road, as people should know, it's, it's, it's the appropriation of money. Uh, that that causes us a really uh, difficult time in fixing them like we want. And we get a lot of calls on roads. Last year we implemented, uh, went out to an aggressive seal coat program in which we, we have 1,200 miles of county roads and we seal coated 150 miles, which is 50% of our pavements in Lubbock County. Uh, we had a meeting last week uh, to look at the Cleachy program, to try to expand the Cleachy program, okay. and we are pursuing that now with the Crusher and with other ways in order to expand the Cleachy program because of just the need is there. It could be from weather, lack of rain, too much rain, but yes, the need is there, but it's the appropriation of money that gives us a hard time in doing what we want to do compared to the money we have yeah, to do it. Yeah, it's something your opponent is talking about, and I've heard other uh, people talk about this as well, um, is, is the, the, central, the centralization of these um, maintenance funds for road and bridge. Now, my understanding is how it used to be was that they were divvied up into precincts with an equal amount, and then um, that's not how it, now it's all centralized in one pot, and all the commissioners are kind of fighting for that pool of money. Um, I mean, should it be decentralized and every precinct gets an equal amount of, you know, money to use in their precinct for road and bridge? Prior to 2006, it was in what's called the ex officio in which each commissioner received 25% for the four precincts okay. of the share of the money. 
The good thing about it in 2006 is that every commissioner had their own dozer. Every commissioner had their own front end loader. So by decentralizing and making it all one, you didn't need four of that machinery. So you saved a lot of money on the front end. Moving forward, yeah, we do have debates, healthy debates every day when we talk about road and bridge, how to look at the needs. We have a work order system that comes in and try to solve the work orders, whether it's potholes or whether the cleaches wore out, whatever it is. So we try to fix those, and, and we look at it over the interim of a several years to see if the money is appropriated equitably. And if you look at it one year, one precinct may get more money than the other because of the the washing out of the needs and then over but over a five-year period it is really close to being that 25 percent in each precinct oh, okay okay and, and i know people look at that and say you know i'm not getting my fair share yeah. over there and i fight for the people of precinct two each and every day yeah. to get my share as well as the other commissioners fight for theirs yeah. but it's a healthy debate and we have a work order system that can pull up the numbers the hours the dollars that is put into that and yes uh, this year in the Caliche program, there will be more money appropriated in Precinct 2 and 3 than there will be in 1 and 4 because of the need of more Caliche okay. because 2 and 3 are more rural. Yeah. We have more rural roads. Yeah. It's it's We're not all the same, 3 especially, which is the idler area. Okay. There's more rural, more Caliche roads, whereas Precinct 1 has more pavements as the growth goes that away. Absolutely. So we, it, one size doesn't fit all for us. So if you look at it over a like I said, two or three, maybe in a five-year span, the money is fairly equitable, and it is a county issue. Mm-hmm. So what's what's next? You know, anything you're campaigning on with in in terms of roads or more? Is is it a manpower issue? Maybe more more workers in the public works department. Manpower is part of it. We hired four additional personnel in last year's budget to help. It's the first time we've done that in a long time. Uh, but but we evaluate each and every interim. Like now, we're yeah. evaluating some other things in the interim, what to do in this year's budget that will start in May and process until we have to adopt the budget by October. And so, yeah, personnel was one for the road and bridge this year. Uh, two years ago, we added personnel in the sheriff's department because of patrol in the county. They felt that they weren't being able to respond quick enough to a, you know, a burglary or something in the county. And so we hired seven, seven I believe, new sheriff's That's office right, yeah. patrol in the county. It decreased the sheriff's response time by 50%, which is something the sheriff, he, when he comes to budget, you know, he gives us certain things that he mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we do that. Public safety is important for Slayton. Uh, not Slayton. Public safety is important for yeah. Lubbock County. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's important for Slayton, too. <laughs> but, uh, and so, yeah, the sheriff, uh, let's see, the law enforcement center was a five-year plan that we looked at probably in 2009 of where to put the law enforcement center after the jail was voted on by the yeah. by the voters to build out there they need a new law enforcement center and they were in the old five-story jail I, I don't know that people know but we did a great deal by the five-story jail we couldn't get anybody to purchase it and we were going to have to look at tearing it down for parking so we sold it mm-hmm. as part of a downtown re- revitalization it's going to be a hotel so it's going to go on the tax base. So we saved that approximately million dollars to tear it down, and now it's going to be a hotel. So it was a win-win. The federal bill in the old post office three years ago, we sold it. The same deal. It's it's open now. So uh, the cost to tear it down, it's it's a win-win. The law enforcement center, we after looking at several buildings close by the courthouse, the old two-story jail finally fit. 
It was a good, hardened structure building, 66,000 square feet, yeah. big enough to grow into or other needs of other departments. So we took the jail, the cells the in the jail, you know, the hardened steel mm-hmm. and some copper. We sold that, recouped, recouped a profit of about 400000 for that. We put that into our plan as we went along to, to build and re- reuse the, the old two-story jail yeah. into the law enforcement center. We opened it up last July. And the sheriff, you know, it's a great facility for them, yeah, it was something nice. to grow yeah. into. So we look each and every year in the interim of ways moving forward. We, we know in the budget what they wanted the year before. And sometimes because of the appropriation money we have to balance mm-hmm. and we don't want to raise taxes, yeah. we say we can't fit that into your budget this year, but we'll, we'll put it off for next year. So it's kind of like a priority for us and the sheriff sometimes doesn't prioritize he just kind of tells us hey we need this this and mm-hmm. and so we then as control of the purse strings it is our job as commissioner's court to appropriate the money nobody else can appropriate that is our job mm-hmm. legislation sets that job no matter what it is if it's if it's raises it has to come from yeah. us yeah. so uh so let's talk about that yeah mm-hmm. um the raises of course that's something that i i feel like is going to come up during every commissioner's race for the yes. foreseeable future is a raise specifically that you all voted for you know yourselves in in 2014 mm-hmm. there was that um big pay bump from fifty seven thousand dollars a year to seventy five thousand dollars a year I, bu- I believe you voted for that yes. and then there's been incremental increases since and and now it's at um your salary's at eighty one thousand dollars a year about so i mean how, how do you how do you justify those pay increases? Well, we look. We went back to 2002, and I was a part of a lot of this in which eight years we said no raises to elected officials. Now, each and every year we gave a cost of living adjustment. It could have been 25 or 3% those years. I don't have the exact numbers in those eight years. Yeah. Every year we've given employees a raise. But we kind of keep the elected officials in a different bubble. And so we said no to those. And, and we said no probably out of political pressure. It, Matt, it's hard. It's hard when you have to give yourself a raise. But that is the only way. We are the appropriation of money to do it. We work hard down there. We, 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 with our HR director, we did a survey to see with all departments, department directors and all, to see mm-hmm. if we're paying a competitive wage for these positions. You know, it turned out that we weren't. We were behind the times, not only locally, but statewide in some of the counties that are our size or even smaller. So in looking at that, it just shed a light, and you're in competition with these. And there were some department directors that came to us, uh, DA, uh, sheriff, that we're losing good employees to other counties, not to the public sector, Mm -hmm. but to other counties because we wasn't paying a good wage. So you're in competition, and now with the with the uh, uh, unemployment rate being so low, you're really in competition to, to attract and retain good qualified people for all these positions. And we as elected officials are what we call department directors, mm-hmm. like the other department directors we have, whether it's the maintenance department or the human resources department or auditor. Those are all department directors okay. also. Yeah. So when we went eight years without giving the elected officials raise, there was, and there's a process in place too, that some of the elected officials in 2008, 9, 10, 11, and 12 
five years in a row, a process called a grievance committee. So if they're not, if this is only for elected officials. That's right, yeah. So if elected officials do not get a raise, they have the opportunity to go to a grievance committee. The grievance committee is, we pull out nine, we pull out more than that, but it's a nine panel jury of the grand jury that listens to the elected officials' concern that says, and you may have been to some of those, and mm -hmm. says that, uh, you know, I didn't get a raise from the commissioner's court this year. I've worked hard. It's an everyday job for all the elected officials down there. It's not a part-time job for any of us, all of us. And that, and that, and they may do the comparisons or sometimes give their workload and all. This nine-member grievance committee, which is part of the grand jury, that that we have nothing to do with. They make the determination whether that elected official deserves what they're asking for. So, in, and I don't have them exactly with me, how many, there was probably 10 or 11 elected officials that went to the grievance process those years, and each and every year, the grievance committee voted nine to zero to appropriate that raise yeah. what they are asking for. That's what yeah. sent us a signal to, kind of starting at eight to where in, in 12 or 13 I can't remember which year we did the yeah. we did we looked and see are, are we keeping up are we competitive with other you know maybe the city of Lubbock or Texas Tech uh, all that led into hey maybe we we need to reevaluate and start giving raises to elected officials and that's where in that appropriation we took that that number and plugged it in the number that we denied those eight years of cost of living adjustment, yeah. plug that in because we were behind the curve, and w we do. We work hard. We all fight hard for Lubbock County. We all fight hard for our precincts each and every day. It is a full-time job uh, working working with the sheriff. You know, he had some issues with the patrols, with the drug cartels too. We, we have meetings with them in the interim yeah. about all this, what's moving forward. And so we, we want Lubbock to make a – Lubbock County, a good place to work, mm -hmm. a safe place to live, to raise your family, and public safety and transportation all are part of that, uh, attracting and acquiring uh, good personnel yeah. to department director positions. Yeah, but I mean, so when you look at it, just, I mean, so your salary increased like almost $30,000 a year in a, in a span of, you know, four years. It was kind of four different budget cycles. I, I mean, that that's just, that's a lot. Ne people in the private sector you know it's hard to imagine anyone else's salaries increasing that much and and, and, and it is a lot and there but there was no shortage of you know commissioners <laughs> yeah you, you do I mean, one of your arguments was that it to retain people right. I mean there was no shortage of commissioners so was it again I'm just when you compare the commissioner's court to the city council, I feel like that's kind of a part of it too, because mm -hmm. you know the city council doesn't get paid hardly, you know, anything. Twenty-five dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. It's just so. I mean, how does your job well, differ from that of the city council? Well, I am the budget committee. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do a lot of the work on my own. I, and the city, I think, has more clerical help to help them get their budget done, and then they'll go to the meetings and look at it. I'm there every day looking. At, I am the clerical. I am the budget man. All that. And number two, the charter from the city of Lubbock doesn't allow them to make but $25 yeah. a month. 
and it's a lot of that in a lot of cities. They, they, it, I, that's just the way it is. Yeah. The counties know. The counties are set up differently from the state of Texas to where it is a full-time job. I left a full-time job to come to this job, and we knew. We knew going in, whenever we plugged in those eight years of cost limit adjustment into mm -hmm. that, it was a big number. Yes, sir. But it's okay if we attract a qualified person because it's a $107 million budget. You want to attract a qualified person that can balance the budget and go through it line by line and figure out the problems and to, to retain those people. So do you know how the, the, the salaries compare now? Because um, that study done in 2014 that the Texas Association mm -hmm. of Counties did, I think Lubbock was ranked like 24th for counties with populations above 100,000, something like that. I mean, Lubbock was low, the, the salaries of commissioners. Do you know how you all rank now? When we did it, we looked at counties our size and some a little smaller, and we were eight of eight as far as being, we were the lowest paid, eight of eight. We were way down. Okay. We just worked it up to eight. There, and if you look at it, there's counties our size, eight of them, seven of them yeah. that make more than we do. So, you know, it's, it's, it is a full-time job. We work every day and our nights and weekends if you get a call on a road issue. Uh, it's not a part-time yeah. job. And if you're going to look at it as a part-time job, you're going to do service. We had meetings all day yesterday. Uh, so who's going to take precincts two? You, misrepresentation precinct two, fighting for them yeah. or what we might need. Or if you're going to say, okay, I'm only going to work Mondays and Fridays. What if a problem comes in Tuesday morning? Are you going to say, yeah. oh, i got to wait. I won't be back till Friday. Somebody else take care of it? Well, it, th it's, they're all independently elected to take care of their own precincts. So you will lose representation in precinct two because you won't be there mm -hmm. to fight for precinct two. And that's what like, your opponent is talking about. He says he'll do this on a part-time basis. It's a part-time job. I, I mean, is I, that... I don't know that how you possible? will do it. I don't know how it's possible. You have to be at the courthouse. We had meetings yesterday over land and use building committee, uh, auditor committee mm -hmm. with their outside auditors in. So if you're going to be gone to your other job on a Tuesday when that's, that's your day not to work... How are you going to represent your people and answer these questions and work in the interim of what we're working on? Mm -hmm. You can't. And they're not going to call you by phone at your other job and say, hey, we need it. No, the meetings were an hour and a half long each one. It was all afternoon. Yeah. It, it's not. You, you would not represent your precinct if it's part-time. Okay. Now, you know, it, it probably used to be part-time years ago. I worked for the previous commissioner, Coy Biggs, in, in 79 and 80 while I was in high school. Mm -hmm. and yeah, as Back then, it was, you know, Lynn County to the south. You know, those are probably part-time jobs. A lot of the commissioners there are farmers or do other stuff, but not in Lubbock County. It is a full-time job, and, and we hope. Uh, I mean, I, I want to attract good, qualified people to run, for not only for Precinct 2, but for any department director position. So if you pay a competitive wage, and we knew that going in, if you pay a competitive wage, you're going to attract people that want the job. Yeah. Uh, we see that as a county judge race now. I think we've attracted some people. <laughs> if if the salary's low and you have uh, attorneys or they have other jobs, I say, I'm not going to go to that job yeah. because it pays less than what I'm making now. So you want to attract those people, but you have to find that balance of not paying too much. And it, like I said in our survey, we're number eight of eight. We're, we're on the low end of the totem pole compared to the others our size, if you want to compare. Mm -hmm. well, so is the trend going to continue then? We're, we are upwards. Lubbock County employees. 
So the trend is, since the, since the adjustment was, whatever the cost of living adjustment is, all elected officials receive that too. Because, like I said in the past, we eliminated those for eight years. And, okay, yeah. and basically it was like, you know, and, and they came to us. We have a good rapport with all the, Lubbock, uh, with all the elected officials in Lubbock County. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, you know, hey, that's a slap in the face to me. I'm a, I'm a sheriff. I'm a tax assessor. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm elected too, and you're not giving me a raise, and yet my cost of living is going up too. So they all came to us, and, and that's, that's why I say the grievance process, and there was – Oh, probably, I think it was nine or ten elected officials that went to the grievance process. Okay. Some did not do it. Including because commissioners? Was no, some no commissioners. commissioners no, okay. it was no commissioners that went. No, okay. because why would we go? We're the ones that appropriate the money. Yeah. If, if we wanted to give a raise, we have to make those hard, difficult decisions to give ourselves a raise, which is not easy. So there's no reason for us to not give ourselves a raise and then go to grievance for it. Okay. So, yeah. No, but the other there there were other a lot of elected officials that went and like I said earlier they won their grievance case that sent a signal to and these are citizens of Lubbock County that were on the grand jury pool just picked out mm-hmm. for the whole year and then we picked out those names that made the decision and it has to be nine zero to get it if the thing less than that it comes back to us it's set in statute yeah. the grievance process so. It, it is. It is one of the many difficult decisions that we have to make each and every day at Lubbock County. Yeah. Um, talk about the tax rate now. Um, this is something that, of course, everyone watches. We used to call it an appraisal creep. I don't think it's a. Is people are well aware of it by now. It doesn't. So, um, I mean, why hasn't the county commissioners um, lowered the tax rate as appraised values continue to go up? We lowered the tax rate in 2013 and 2014 to the effective. Uh, that is the first time looking back that it's been lower to the effective in a long time, and we felt in those years we have to balance each and every year. And so looking ahead at the needs, we, we, we felt that giving that $1 million in those two years back to the taxpayers was the best thing to do. This year, last year, we kept the tax rate flat. And if you look back, we did have to raise it for the 2007 and 2008 when the voters approved the county jail. Mm -hmm. We had to staff it because the county jail is 1,512 beds. Uh, We had only 750 downtown, and then we had 400 that were out of county. So you had to have more detention officers. So there was no other option. Well, the only option was to open up half the jail because – the new detention center is twice as large. So we look at it each and every year, and, and we are taxpayers also. We, we don't want to pay more taxes either. So that is our job is to set a tax rate, okay? okay. And I know my opponent's talking about we're hiding behind the appraisal district. We have zero to do with the appraisal district, but we have a few votes as well as the city of Lubbock and all the municipalities have votes mm-hmm. to appoint this five-member board but the, the appraisal district has statues that they have to go by also. And just recently, last week, Governor Abbott, in the interim, is it, they're going to look at, at capping that at 2.5% creep. That's great. You know, it might be want to go lower than that to get the creep down because the creep, if, if you know what, you know, 
we're not hiding behind anything. We set a tax rate, okay, and your house is valued, say, at $100,000. Yeah. And if the appraisal district decides to go up on your house to $103,000, your house is worth one hundred and three. dollars you pay the tax rate that we set, which is $0.35 cents mm-hmm. times $103,000. So, yes, you do pay a little bit more in taxes mm-hmm. because of your value house going up. You know, and in that, we are 16% of the piece of the pie that I hope people understand not to beat up the school districts are around here or the cities yeah. around here, but those are your bigger, you know, when they're a dollar thirty or forty or fifty cents per one hundred and some you know, like City of Lubbock and some of them are sixty, seventy cents per one hundred, we're thirty five cents per one hundred. So we're the smallest part of the piece of the pie as far as your taxes when you get your tax bill at the end of the year, you know, and the bottom line says four thousand dollars. Look at it, look at it closely and see where it goes to. Mm-hmm. But our job is to set a tax rate, that $0.35. Cents. We do not have anything to do with the appraisal district. They have their own job to do. And, and they, I, I don't know what their laws are set. So we don't hide behind any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever they decide to do, like I said, Governor Abbott, if they want to lower it to 1%, get her done. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Appraisal <laughs> creep can only be 1%. Uh-huh. That, would be, that would be what the, the, the local government code or the laws that we... We are a short arm of the state of Texas. They tell us what to do yeah. with the statutes and the local government code. We implement them. And there's a lot in that that are not shalls. They're must. You must do this. And so that that's our job. Yeah. Can you talk about uh, Senate Bill 2 that came up last legislative? I, I know some, some of your colleagues went to Austin to uh, argue against it. I, I don't remember you... Uh, talking much about it. Did, did, yeah, did, yeah I did not go to Austin. I visit with Senator Perry here on the phone or go to his office or any of the state reps here. Uh, I, I didn't need to go to Austin. Yeah, two, two commissioners did go to Austin mm-hmm. to have a healthy debate about Senate Bill 2. Um, it's, an, it's a deal where one size doesn't fit all. Yeah. We have some counties that are small, and if you go putting that on there, it's going to be detrimental to them if people understand what the effective is and it's hard it's hard for people to understand that but it could be detrimental Lubbock County and I told Senator Perry this and the media interviewed me how I felt about this I didn't need to go to Austin but Fox News interviewed me and I said we will live with whatever the state of Texas implements on us they tell us what to do and if they set that rate at four percent we will live with it we will make adjustments in the budget if we need to and, and move on. Uh, I, you know, but but far as yeah, two commissioners going down, it was just a healthy debate. Just I mean, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's democracy. Go down a healthy debate, saying this will be crippling to smaller counties more than big. And really, if you look at it, the issues were more in the Harris counties. Yeah, the bigger counties yeah. have more of a problem of the the creep mm-hmm. expanding to maybe eight or nine or ten percent each and every year. I mean, I looked at mine the other day. I got it in. Mine has gone up 2.19% for the last five years. I mean, that's probably keeping up with inflation. Uh, I mean, that's I – don't, I don't know what you do with that because a person that owns a home and, say, buys it for 100000 30 years ago, do you think they want to sell it for 100000 today? I, I would think not. The ones that have come visit me said, no, that house is worth 250000 now. So it's in everything that we do. 
in our life or in county level, you try to find that balance. For sure. You know, you don't want to go eat too much. You go to a restaurant, you try to eat light. Eat too much, <laughs> and you feel bad. And so you, you, it's, it's, it's a balance. You don't, you don't, it's, 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 just, it's hard. And so those are the difficult decisions that I put down on a piece of paper, and I, I put pros and cons and write it down and try to find, try to find middle ground. And sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes I may make this guy mad and this guy happy, but I try to justify and say, look, let's look at this. This is th- what it is. So it was a healthy debate that we went down, to, or not we, that two commissioners mm-hmm. went down to Austin to, to give the county's perspective of what Senate Bill 2 is. Yeah. But so, we'll live with it. If they, if they do something in the interim, if they do the 2.5%, that's, that's the state legislature's prerogative. We will live with it yeah. in Lubbock County as well as all the other 254 counties in the state of Texas. Uh, you know, we can go into that. We're talking about the tax rate. We had the 240th lowest tax rate in the state of Texas. There's 254 counties in Texas. We are the 240th lowest, and we are the 17th largest county in Texas. So, you know, I, you, you look at all that. I mean, we, we have low debt. We have financial stability, Standard Poor's, AA bond rating. We have a state controller award for financial transparency. Mm-hmm. Each year the state controller looks at We have everything you want to see online. If you want to look at we're transparent. We're not hiding behind any hitting taxes. Yeah. Our job is set a tax Right. So, and I, I, I am conservative, and, and they, they know me at the courthouse down there. I demand and expect accountability and justification when the department directors come to me, you know, and say, hey, I need this. Okay, I'll look back and say, well, okay, but you, you didn't need that much last year. Why do you need more? Well, you just, you never know. Well, okay, so no, we, we, don't, we don't do it on an on a expectation yeah. as much. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a want list is what I say. It's a need list. Mm-hmm. Are unfunded mandates from the state becoming a problem? There, we, we did a uh, study that we gave to the, and I, I don't have that within the numbers, but yes, unfunded mandates, there are a lot that the state says you must fund. Juvenile Justice Center out here for an example. Uh, we're working on something now in the interim that 17-year-olds may come out of the adult jail and go out here. It will cause us to build a new facility out there to the tune of about $12 million that may not come with any appropriation from the state. Wow, okay. We get mental health issues where, where a lot of uh, uh, individuals go to the jail now. They have mental health issues. It has become the, our, our county jail, and you can ask the sheriff this. Oh, he says our, that's the number one issue, absolutely. It's our mental health de facto. We as Lubbock County taxpayers have to pay for that. So we're working. We have a contract with StarCare trying to assess this, those people, get them on their medications, get them back in society, get them in their jobs so they won't go to jail again. Uh, so, yes, unfunded mandates are huge. And in this, talking about Governor Abbott's 2.5%, mm-hmm. he included that that in order he wanted to, I, I just read it the other day, stop unfunded mandates from here moving forward which would be great which would be great <laughs> yeah moving that's, forward, e- that's an easy thing well, to say well, but it, yeah <laughs> it is it, we have a we have several millions on the books now that are unfunded mandates so i guess those would stay but okay. that's part of the balance that give and take that if if that happens next year with legislation and they do that i mean yeah we would live with that two and a half percent if they set and if the unfunded ma- mandates stop yeah that would help the other end because see you know it's it's a it's it's not an easy job. It is a full-time job. Each and every day, you know, making these tough decisions. Mm-hmm. So 
public safety. Uh, talk, let's talk a, a bit more, yeah. uh, more about that. The sheriff's department, you know, are they mm -hmm. fully staffed? Do they have all the resources they need? It's a, it's a each and every year we work on it because yeah. back to the appropriation of dollars, some years they don't get everything they want. But yes, we, we work toward that of adding more patrol, adding more personnel, CID, narcotics. We added all that in the last couple of years without raising taxes, keep the tax rate flat. Mm -hmm. So that's where if hopefully people understand that, yes, we did have new growth. That is that is good. We have new new businesses building in South Lubbock. Mm -hmm. We have new homes going up. Those are your tax base and those go to that 35 cents. So the new revenue that we received last year from a new growth, 100 percent went to public safety of the new growth. Public safety, as in Loop 88, the right of way, okay. as in new CID, new narcotics, as the drug cartels come here. We want to fight those. That is our job, to fight the narcotics. The Siloans are coming here. We want, we want you to feel safe in your home with all that. So all the new growth, the dollar revenue, new growth revenue is going toward public safety. And that's what people want. That's one of our number one jobs is public safety yeah. and transportation. They want to not be traffic congestions. And they want to sure. feel safe yeah. in their home and going to different places. So communication equipment is something we did last year yeah. with the Sheriff's Department. And that's been something that's been on his radar screen for several years to where uh, it's, it's complicated where the P P25 radios, uh, they can't communicate with some of the Texas Tech, DPS, and some of the volunteer fire departments. So we upgraded our radio system to help communicate interoperability with the other agencies in the area. That's right. Yeah, that was a big project. I mean, yes. that was it's talking about the budget that you all just passed mm -hmm. last year. Yes. That I mean, that's what that extra those two extra million. funds went to, we're right? Two yeah. million. That's part of the public safety toward that. Uh, we're still implementing that. That was just approved in the October one budget mm -hmm. of last year. Mm -hmm. We're working on that now. We're still putting up the towers, the repeaters, so that you can communicate and and also different radios. So w we feel that yeah, Lubbock County is growing. We have to meet those transportation and public safety needs. But I, I hope the public understands that we take all that new growth toward public safety and transportation yeah. to feel safe, drive on smooth roads, no potholes, yeah. all that. For sure. <laughs> Talk a bit about Woodrow Road, if you would. Okay. I mean, how pressing of an issue is that? It, each and every day, it gets more and more pressing as we grow. We looked at it first time probably two and a half years ago. Uh, we, Senator Perry, uh, as you know, maybe got on board. He thinks it's important. Yeah. We thought it was important. Uh, we asked Senator Perry if the state of Texas had any appropriation of money down there to help us get started, you know, whether it's a feasibility study or anything we might have needed. He looked, and, and as you know, the state is, you know, they're handcuffed too. They're, they're struggling sometimes with their 217, whatever it is, million-dollar mm -hmm. buy-in budget. But, yeah, so he said, no, I'm sorry, we don't have any. It has to be funded locally. And that is in the county, strictly in the county. Okay. So we're working on, we worked on a two-for-one swap with TxDOT, two a uh, uh, year and a half ago. That did not go through the commission well, as well as the DE here. So the two, two miles for one mile swap did not work. So bottom line is we are on our own. That is Woodrow Road is a county road, 100% county. Okay. It is on our own. We've done some things in the past prior to meeting from the overpass. 
uh, there at Woodrow Road in 87 mm -hmm. to, to get people to go underneath the overpass and get on the interstate to go north to their home. And that's helped disseminate the traffic a little bit. We've also put turning lanes at University in Indiana so that when the traffic from the school, and that's, that's when a lot of the yeah. issues come, they yeah. can, the ones that want to turn right and go north to the University, some may want to go straight, straight on Woodrow, and then Indiana also. So that mm -hmm. helped get the traffic flow yeah. going. Yeah, so those are little fixes, but those I are mean, small. A, a, big, a big project's down the pipeline, right? So, so we did a, TxDOT helped us, and we have an engineer coming on board next month that's gonna really ratchet up okay. the project, what we need to do in the interim as far as re building mm -hmm. Woodrow Road and widening it. And it, in the interim, they said it's a $30 million project. Because you have to move utilities, telephone poles, right away, acquisition, okay. as well as building a five-lane curb and gutter road. And, and that's where it's it's the appropriation of money is, is our issue in a lot of roads. That we, we could appropriate a lot more money to fix these roads, but we just we just don't have the dollars to do what we would love to do. Yeah, and it would take away from everything else. If we, if we took it out of the general fund, yeah. we try to live in, in that special $10 fund. And, and, and we could look at the general fund, but then if you look at the general fund, then something else has got to come that we appropriate general fund. Mm -hmm. So it's going to come out of public safety. That's your biggest, your, your sheriff's department. You know, and DA's one of your two biggest departments. Mm -hmm. You're going you're gonna to cut them back? People said, no, we can't do that. So it's hard. And I've, I've been working on a list of the dollars of what we appropriate each and every year for each department. I haven't got the final number yet. But in the end, we have a $107 million budget. We lowered it last year, 600000 the appropriation of money. Okay. There is a very little wiggle room when we get to the end and say, all right, of things that we may do, our, our discretion. Yeah. Uh, voluntary fire departments is one of those. We gave a 3% cost of living increase to all the voluntary fire departments last year. Okay, there's that line item is $750,000. So is it is it needed? And I visit with all of them. We ask them in the interim, you know, are y'all doing okay on equipment and manpower and all? It's volunteer. Mm -hmm. They appreciate the 3% cost of living. So that is some of the little bit of wiggle room money we call at the end after we do the core essentials of public safety, civil, criminal justice that the state of Texas basically tells us we have to do with all, whether it's judicial, DA, medical examiner, sheriff's office, jail, maintenance of all our buildings, okay. judicial compliance, elections. I can go on and on in all the departments and tell you e each one of those and what we must do in all those. Yeah. And there's very little in the end of wiggle room. So it seems like bonds then would be the answer and if you were to do Woodrow Road. And then we're, we're uh, looking at that now, determining what we do. You know, I feel we need to go to the voters the okay. voters are, they, they're smart. They're the ones, we went to the voters, or it was before my time, in 2002, the voters approved the detention center mm -hmm. by 70-something percent. So I, I think you need to go to the voters and let them do it. The only negative thing is if you go to the voters and they say no, the statute says, we go by the laws, you cannot come back for three more years. Yeah. So, okay, so then now you put it off three more years of growth and issues, and then it's a... You know, it's a probably a three to five year right away uh, acquisition, uh, environmental first, right away did, uh, utility readjustment, mm -hmm. and then build the road. It's a probably a three year build. Yeah, and that would be a county wide 
election, right? Correct. And, and that'd be a tough sell for people <laughs> up in New Deal telling them to, hey, you should help fund Woodrow Road. It could Road. be, yeah. Whereas the jail was more public safety countywide, yeah. whether they rob in your home or whatever, thieves are in, in anywhere in the county that they've got, we've got a good place for them. So, yeah, yeah that, that, those are the hard decisions that we have to vet through to, to determine what is the best route to go to solve a problem. And every problem we have, Matt, I think in Lubbock County is not easily solvable. They're all difficult decisions each and every day, five days a week, seven days a week. And that's where I go back to, you, you can't, it's not a part-time job. Mm-hmm. You have to be there every day, every evening. So yeah, that, those are some of the interim things we do that we're, we're going through. Very good. Very good. Um, anything else we want to talk about? No, it's, yeah, golly. I think we covered about all of Very good. Well, uh, you know, you have experience, three terms. Is that yes. something you're going around talking yes. about? Because I almost feel like on, at the national scene, people are ready for new blood, you know, electing people that may not have the political experience that people right. used to run on in the past. But is that, is your experience helping you locally? Yes, I think my experience, you know, my opponent says I've done budgets, you know, I can go in what to do to budget. Well, tell me where. I've had 11 years of balancing the budget. I, I could go in and out of each department, what we give and how much, and I could, without looking at the book, give you some numbers mm. of where we need to go and how much. So it's easy to out there and say, yeah, I can balance a budget. You know, it's only $107,777,500. Where, where? Tell me where. Well, I just, I've done it. I'm a small businessman. I can do it. Where are you going to do it? Yeah. So it's, I work hard. So yeah, 11 years experience is important, I think, to fight. I know how to fight. I know where to fight for the citizens of Precinct 2 in Lubbock County. Uh, and, and my record proves it of, of supporting a lower tax rate in 2014-15. Uh, we have low debt. I, I've always believed in my personal life, just the way I'm raised, you know, being tight German Catholic, is that no debt. Low debt. We have low debt. I, I don't like debt because you got to pay interest on it. That yeah. costs you more. Yeah. But... Sometimes you have to. The jail has has a interest rate, which we renegotiated down, but sometimes you have to. So we're financially stable. Uh, we're, we have, like I say, state controller award for financial transparency for like 11 years in a row. Uh, I think we're all conservative, and we feel that public safety is a priority, and that includes law enforcement, uh, the DA. If you, know, you want to put the bad guy in jail, once the law enforcement catches him, mm-hmm. sheriff's office, and then transportation. Those are the most important things in this pressing need as Lubbock County continues to grow. It's grown by 25% since 2000. We were at 178,000, and today we're at 305,000. 25% growth yeah. in 18 years. And, and I've got the numbers in my budget book back That's in the It's pretty office. impressive, though. <laughs> yeah. it, it is. And those are good, Matt. And now we get P.F. Chang's and some of these uh-huh. nice restaurants <laughs> that come in here, which is good. But... With that growth comes growth issues, for sure. Which is crime, which is transportation. Uh, you know, as they grow out south, some of those roads are dirt roads. Yeah. We need to make them paved roads. So, yeah, and very good. Any any events coming up? Anything people should look out for? Any events? Yeah, in terms of your campaign, any? Uh, no, walking blocks every evening, okay. every weekend, up until early voting starts February twentieth. February twentieth, yes, I'll, sir. Yeah, continue walking blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Wear it out. That's okay. Awesome. Good exercise. Yep, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Very good. All right, Mr. Heinrich, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Mm -hmm. Take care.